so today is August 19th, Friday. Um, and I'm about to tell y'all how I've been out here fighting for my life since the age of 13 till now. And legitimately fighting to stay alive, fighting to exist, fighting with me to convince me that I was truly God's gift. I mean, I'm just out here doing the absolute most. And not in like a cute way all the time. Um, but in, a, in like weird ways. Like some things I've, as I've gotten to this place where I'm at right now, I've like stood back and asked myself like, bro, why? Like, what were you thinking? And then I had to remember that I started being able to ask myself, what was I thinking? Only when I got to a certain age. Um, because prior to that, I really wasn't thinking. I was just reacting. Um, I was reacting to trauma. And I had lived in a trauma and a post-trauma shock state for so long that I didn't know any other way to function. Um, this is going to be complete and utter honesty. It is going to be honesty from my point of view, from my understanding of who I was at that time. It is also going to be okay for me to talk about it because I've apologized to myself for myself for the things that I did not know that I believed that I should have known that I honestly did not know. I have apologized to myself for carrying around guilt, hatred, violence, loneliness, hurt, despair, anger, um, joy, happiness, fun, thrill I've um I've honestly done a lot of things to become the woman that I am so in no way shape or form am I embarrassed am I ashamed am I guilty or will I hide about what I'm gonna say I am definitely 
not the type of nigga to throw rocks and then hide my hand. Like, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to stand on what I said and what I say. And I'm okay with whatever comes with that, right? Because waves drawn and headed to the sky. Um, I know that the woman I am now is a woman of integrity and honesty that I can stand on my word. I could look myself in the mirror eye to eye, like we toasting because we don't want no bad vibes. Like that's how in sync we are because we are okay with what we did to get us to who we are, where we are, for me to get to a place where I understand my purpose and that my purpose is from God and God allows me to be me. That I was uniquely, divinely made, intertwined with the best and the worst of what the world can offer. I understand that when I was growing up, I was taught that I was born with two strikes against me. One, because I was black and two, because I was a woman. And then in my head, I turned around and was like, damn, I'm gay. Fuck. So I'm just three strikes you out. Like I'm out of here already. So I'm starting off off gate feeling like I'm in the negative. I'm in the deficit. Like, all right. So that's the idea that I have over my life, over who I am. I realized that at 13, um, spring semester of seventh grade, I turned 13 because my birthday is in January. Um, I got my period, my menstrual cycle for the very first time. And as the day's events ensued, I never felt more alone, scared, and deserted. It was at that moment I absolutely knew that my environment was not safe for me. It would be an environment that would honestly kill me if I let it. Um, as the day's events ensued, it went from us not going to my aunt's house for a barbecue, ending up in Queens. It ended with me breaking up fights because the adults in my life were in the middle of Merrick Road and Springfield Boulevard fighting. <sighs> fighting? Why? Because 
why do all adults fight? Because one is cheating and while they're cheating, they do something even dumber to add to their cheating. Great. Whoop-de-whoop. Honestly, my take on cheating is, and this is my take, and this take has come from being the cheater and being the cheated on. I understand that life happens. And I understand that while life is happening, you do not believe that no one will understand and love you through your mistake. At that point, that is when I decide what is truly of value to me. How does this relationship, even after all of this, even after we take away the mistake, the time, the energy, because, you know, that part was built on a lie. So now you got to remove that, the memories that go with it, the attachment, and then see what is the true value of this relationship and of this person to me in my life while I am still living out my dream. For some people, there is no more value after that. For other people, you as an individual still have value, added value to their life. They still see that while you made this mistake, there were still lessons and blessings in it. And that, you know, could be the extra value that you need to remain in your relationship and to work things out. But that's my take. So, yeah, the adults in my life are um, out here doing what they do, fighting. And then we go running around to different police precincts in Queens. And I'm over it. I got my period for the first time. And there has been no conversation to this day. At 33 years old, there has been no conversation about the changes that your body will go through, the emotions that you may feel, that you are still beautiful, that you are loved, that you are kind. At 33, conversation has still never been fucking had about how I got my period, how it made me feel, what I should do and what I will need going forward. Hi, I'm also your parent, but I'm a resource. And I get it. You know, as I stated from jump, I was told that I was born into this world with two strikes against me. One being that I was a woman and the other one being that I was black. So now I I get it. I'm, I'm 13. You are... Two marriages in, one separated. Your first baby daddy has mental health issues that you did not know of un- until you went into labor. So the idea that you had for your life that you were okay with having the child that came from you know the relationship as long as you had the man. Um, when the man was gone and you got stuck with the child, I get it. It wasn't the dream that you had for yourself, you know. I get it. Um, I can't say that you made the right choice or the wrong choice by staying. But, you know, as you have clearly stated, you're the parent who stayed. So 
with that knowledge and having that decision being made, you got to be accountable for being the parent who stayed. Like, you don't get to say you stayed and then, like, I didn't do anything. Like, again, um, I am not the type of nigga to throw rocks and hide my hands. I am going to say what I did, how I did. And I, nine times out of ten, can tell you the thought that I had for what I was doing and the reaction that I had thought would happen. Now, sometimes as I calculate the the risk ratio or the, the probability um, of what will be said or what will be done from something that I've done, I can be off. I, I'm, I'm not on all the time. I'm not. Um, so, and knowing all of that, these geniuses are fighting. We are running around all over Queens. There has been nonstop crying, calls to lawyers, and everybody else under the sun between here and the United Nations. And I get my period. I remember calling my aunts, my twin aunts at the time. And I was telling them, and I was like, do you still get chores? And they're like, no, Watts. No. You know, I was always with my aunts. So I don't really think I took into account that my twin aunts were the oldest of my grandmother's children, which made them the matriarchs of our family, that they are, you know, well past this. Like, my 13-year-old brain didn't understand all of the workings at that time, how each part fits into the puzzle. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I don't got nobody to talk to. So now I'm just here. And I'm being dragged all over Queens breaking up fights, watching them yell back and forth and curse each other out. And I'm just like, what the fuck? While also trying to shelter my brother from this because we are six years apart. And it's just, it's just a lot for anybody. So I get my period and they're fighting. Eventually we find, you know, the bane of our existence. And, and I quote, because my memory is, you know, my memory. And this is how I, I remember it. Which does not mean that this is exactly how I remembered it, right? This is going to be my honest perspective for who I was, how I felt, and what those things played out like in the movie reel in my head for Mia. Oh, you're, they said you're angry because, you know, I was just, I don't, I was just angry. I was an angry ass kid. Like, I wasn't angry. Like, I want to hurt random things. I was angry and like, I know who my target is. I'm a shoot, not miss. Calculate all the fucking risk. Like, I was that type of angry. And we'll get into why I was so angry and, you know, 
how I've learned to calculate the ratio and probabilities of just life situations. Um, but I was angry. I was fucking angry. And I hated everything and everyone. I hated everything and everyone because I did not believe that I had value. I had never been told at this point in time that, you know, my actual just existence um, did not cost a thing. I was told the exact opposite every single day. I knew how much my health insurance cost. I knew how much the child support check that she got from Errol, um, how much that cost, because that was how much the courts, the courts of New York said I was worth. Um, Every doctor visit, because I had horrible eczema, and I would scratch and scratch and just scratch until my skin would bleed. And then it would just flake and then it would hurt. So I had to take like baths with bleach and dental and peroxide because it would scab and then it would turn yellow and I'd get all infected with pus. And I'm then still putting ointment and stuff on it. So I'm like rubbing it back and forth and I'm breaking the skin and then it's bleeding again. And this is just what I'm out here doing. So that's, you know, what my flesh is looking like. And my heart is you cost this much money. Your entire existence is wrapped up into a dollar amount. And it's not even a high volume dollar amount. It's very, very low. Um, I think at one point she told me it cost her like $2,000 to house me and I wasn't worth the expense. So, yeah. My self-esteem and my confidence is bottom tier low bottom tier and it is just not looking good at 13 nope it's not looking too good and towards the you know after we get through this whole fiasco and Oh, they said you're angry, so here, go to town. I am giving the old school silver weights and just told to go off, to let out my anger. And I'm like, what? I was like, what? I did it, and I still didn't feel better. And then... I remember being given a $5 bill. There was a corner store in the corner and being told to go get a five pound bag of sugar. And I'm like, what? And I bring back the sugar. And she tells me that if I ever want to stop the engine in the car, put sugar in a tank. 
that lesson stayed with me all of my life from 13 to 33. Somehow what I also managed to block out was the hurt that was beyond all of these actions. I don't understand. Um, I don't understand that level of hurt that she must have have felt in that moment to realize your husband is cheating on you and has given something that you possessed and you worked very, very hard to pay for and to take care of that you invested in him with and he has now given it to his side chick. So now your answer is to just say, fuck it, destroy it. Cool. Um, I guess I must have missed that lesson, but, you know, there was no conversations about anything that was ever going on. It was just things being done. You got some wild ass punishment. No one's going to speak to each other for another two months. And then at some point it's, Oh, are you hungry? What? What the fuck is wrong with that? Like, that shit is wild. That it's wild. Um, and that was just the cycle of, of what went on. Honestly, if I allowed it, that would be the cycle that would go on today. Um, there would be some wild, crazy-ass event. All types of obscenities thrown. Not speaking for like four to six months. And then we're going to pretend that everything's okay. That, at 33... Today's date don't work for me. That shit is the fucking ghetto. Because again, I'm not the type of nigga to throw rocks and hide my hands. I'ma say, no, I did this. No, I did not. Maybe I have not always calculated the proper reactions to events because sometimes a reaction can be a reaction. A reaction can go into another reaction and cause a final product, a a final good, right? Final outcome. And I have not always understood that. Nor did I understand that after all these things happen, that they're going to play a part in the final process. And who I am and how I show up in life. So that's 13. And I am 13. And I realize I am all alone. I'm going to have to figure this shit out for myself. Because she ain't got the capacity to help me. She can't help me any more than she is honestly helping herself. 
And for her, that looks like as long as I have a roof over my head, I have food to eat, I have clothes to wear, she ain't got nothing else for me. And anybody who knows me, oh, this brain's a wild place. Like, <laughs> this brain, it's a wild one. It's a doozy. So being left unsupervised, it's not, it's not for me. I'm like Dora the Explorer with Holden Crawfield's mood. Like, I want to touch and see everything. But then I need to also understand that these people in this world are actually of value. And not because it's a monetary value. It's of something that is you know, tangible. They are of value because God created them. Every single thing that he created and touched was made with a purpose for a reason and has value. And my brain is processing things in a trauma response at a young age while my brain is still developing and then still trying to fix the childbirth issues because you know I was just I was just doing my own thing from the jump three weeks late in labor for three days you know like you would have thought that I would have just came then on my twin aunt's birthday day before January 21st just out here on my own um from jump but that is kind of sort of honestly it's what we all are we're all born into this world naked and we will leave this world naked um some of us will leave it alone and some of us will Live a life of purpose and joy and grace and gratitude and love and fulfillment so that when they leave this earth, they can tell you, please don't mourn for me for I am free because I was born free and I die free. I lived a life of freedom so that I could die freely. Um, and... For us to to be able to understand that lesson, it has to start with some different child lessons. And I honestly feel like (sighs) parenting should probably come with some, some more help and some more resources. And not always, you know, your family. Because your family means well, but they also love you the way that they see you and not the way you really are and not for who you are. You know, family is great. 
they show up, they love you, but sometimes you don't always get what you even need from your family. And you would think that you get it from your, you would get it from your family, you know, you get it from your mom, like, but nah, sometimes you do not get what you need from your family. And that can very much so alter the way you show up in life and alter the things that you desire and require and you pursue in this life. And at 13, I realized that I was out here on my own. I got the bare necessities and it was not enough to make me into a smart, confident, loving, God-trusting woman. It made me cynical, mean, a liar, a cheater, a thief, a dishonest, no morals, out here, kind of just really, I was YOLOing before YOLOing was a fucking thing. Because at this point in time, I can see that I am tolerated and not loved. Um, And it's a countdown to when they are no longer responsible for me. So shit gets weird. Shit gets weird. It gets really, really fucking weird. And then it continues to get weirder and weirder and weirder and you know I really don't know how we got here well I take that back I do know how we got here I took me being alone and I assumed that even though I was not going to be able to get what I needed from my parents because they could not. Um, one has mental health issues that he will not acknowledge. Um, which is weird. Like, bro, how the fuck you got mental health issues that you won't acknowledge? And Google is free. Google is never booked, busy, or on a date. And shout out to my cousin because he made sure I knew how to use a dictionary. That is all Google is to me. A really large red and white Webster's Dictionary that was kept under my twin aunt's cabinet where the microwave sat. He made sure I know how to use a dictionary. So for this man to be in his 60s and still in denial about his mental health, um, but there are various records from court appearances, domestic disturbance, fights. Um, there's even a written out prescription from a judge in Miami transferring him from court 
to a psychiatric facility for evaluation. Now, I don't know if my man's is the greatest fucking magician ever or if he's just in fucking denial. Like, I don't know. Because, you know, maybe he just chose to to be crazy so that, you know, he can get whatever reward that gives him as a person. Like, you know, we all do wild, crazy shit for whatever we think the reward is. Even if we don't know what the reward is, we will do some wild and crazy shit to feel something that we think we need to feel versus checking back in with ourselves and asking ourselves, is this what we want for right now, for the past, or for the future? And is this going to be a liability? Definitely do some wild, crazy shit. Like, I... Um... Definitely have done some some wild crazy shit, but we're not gonna skip ahead. We're gonna we're gonna keep it in thirteen, and we're gonna go age by age for how we remember it, and we're gonna speak our truth, and we're going to honor ourselves. We're going to honor ourselves so that one, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what I did in my past because I like who I am today. I like how I learn who I am today. I like the experiences that I give myself today. I have been apologizing to myself for every single thing that has ever happened to me. And every single thing that I've carried and every single memory and how everything has made me feel and how everything has made me look and the lies that were told on me so that you could, you know, have a, a little foundation for why you treated me the way that you've treated me. And then for me to have to get to a place in life and understand that the things that you did weren't even about me. They were you. They were you still acting out and living out a dream from some hurt place in your life. I had to go through everything I had to go through. Therapy, suicide, um, suicide idealization, um, understanding that I have ADHD and how that works. Understanding that I do not need to fear that if I choose to become a parent, that I am going to show up as my parents. I don't even have to fear that anymore. Like, I'm not them niggas. I'm a product of them, but I am not them. Like, I'm, I'm just not like, they gave me shit. And I have made a beautiful, fucking, unique, as dope, as black, as excellent garden. I mean, it's wavy, baby. Like, it's lit over here. And it's unique. 
and it is beautiful and it is grand and it is loving and it is kind. And sometimes it's scary and sometimes it looked like I was in pre-traumatic response and I was still living in trauma response and I was living in survival and I was not living a life of purpose. I was not living with my head up to the sky and my feet still on the ground. I was actually living, you know, amongst everybody else, amongst mere people who don't even like themselves and they're doing things to themselves that don't feel good for reasons that they do not know based on the things that other people said to them. I had to learn a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons. Um, And I learned them on my own through trial and error. Um, And anyone who knows me, like, I really do treat myself like a guinea pig. And I've been doing that for so long. I've been doing it probably since 13 when I got my period. Because that was the first time I tried to kill myself. That was the first time that I had decided, you know what, I'm honestly, if I do the math right, long term, I will save her more money by killing myself and putting everyone out of their misery because I'm such a bane to everyone's existence that it would honestly just be better and more cost effective If I wasn't here and having ADHD as a child, but not knowing I had ADHD as a child, I could not really put into words the way my brain would function and fixate on something. And sometimes they would fixate on the good things like black history and U.S. history and English and words. And I've always been intrigued by people and the use of words, their language, because no two people speak the same, nor do they write the same. Even your hand print or, you know, your handwritten or your script, I guess, even that is unique, but just like your, your fingerprint is unique to you. It's your genetic DNA code. Um, while there are similarities, it is actually a, a one of one. Like, you're only going to get one, my nigga. And I did not let that knowledge uh, fuel me to feel like, to add value to me, right? Right? I was like, bro, you're fucking weirdo. Oh my God. I am now telling myself I'm a fucking weirdo because my brain has finally gotten it through its head that all these years I've been being told that I could kill you and get away with it. I could chop your body up, dump it in the ocean. And no one would say a fucking thing or even notice. So at some point, I learned that, oh, okay, but I have this option too. Like, 
I can put myself out of my misery? Oh, wait, I, I can put myself out of my own fucking misery and end this for everybody? Like, again, I'm just, I'm not the person that's, like, out here to hurt anybody. Like, I am very much so and have been in, up until this day, the person who will bite off my own hand, chew it off to save someone else. Whether they deserve it or not. I will do it because I believe it is the right thing to do. I believe it is the right thing to do to save the person next to you. Regardless of how they show up in life. But what I missed was before you save anyone else, save yourself. I missed that lesson. Like, like when you're on an airplane and they tell you to secure your own mask before you help your neighbor. I missed that lesson. So from 13 to like 30, because around like 30, I started feeling like everything was ghetto and everything is ghetto and everything's trash. Um... I started really, really feeling like that. Like, I no longer wanted to YOLO my way through life. I was like, I looked around. I took inventory. I took analytics of myself. And I was like, oh, this this is ghetto. And then I was offended. Like, 13-year-old me who had been driving the boat. Because 13-year-old me had been driving the boat For a very, very long time. So much that she was just in cruise control at times through years, even in my 20s. 13-year-old me is still driving the boat and she's in cruise control because I've gotten so consistent with how to predict my own reactions that would cause a reaction that would just cause me, you know, like immediate like issues and I just figure it out. As I go along, I was just going to continue to wing this shit. I was never going to be intentional. I was never going to get caught up in the idea that I was going to be here for too long. Because I just knew at any given day, either she was going to kill me or I was going to kill myself. That was it. Like, those were the only options at 13. And... At such a critical stage where your brain is developing and putting together pieces, I've now already told myself, don't get attached to anything because nothing is going to last forever. There will never be anything that makes you feel good. You will never feel whole and no one will ever love you. You do not have value. Your value is on a monthly basis and it is monetary. That is it. That did not teach a a little baby weirdo over here, little baby unicorn weirdo over here, Mia, that I was loved, that I had value just because I had breath in my lungs.
I had value just as much as the next person next to me. If not more, because I am unique. And the more I tap into my uniqueness and the things that make me Mia, the more added value I will have. But I have value because I have air in my lungs. Because I see. Because I'm a human being. That is why I have value. But at 13, that wasn't, it wasn't it. It it wasn't it. And something in me decided that dreaming was no longer for me. Reaching for the stars was no longer for me. I used to have a school song. I went to school, Giblin. And the school song was, do you know who you are? You're a Giblin superstar. You can be who you want to be. See all you want to see. Do all you want to do. All you had to do was believe. Something in me, after the day that I got my period at 13, stopped believing, stopped listening, stopped hearing, stopped receiving God's message. Something died because I convinced myself that I was alone, that I had no value, and that I was going to die. And I just needed to constantly be in be in the 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 moment to like to do I got so fixated with death that I started planning my own death um I've always loved science I've always loved ratios and probability. I've always been a little mad scientist, like even when I cook, which is hard, which is why it's really hard for me when people are like, oh, I need the recipe. And I'm like, honestly, I don't know. Like, I'm really a trial and error like type of person. Um, I really am the, I have been the... I got to touch the stove to really see if it's hot. And then I want to know how hot it is. And then I want to know why it's that hot at that time. Like, how long did it take for the stove to get that hot? Like, you see how my brain just did that? And that's, like, completely random off the top of the dome. Like, um, so at 13, with a brain functioning like this and becoming fixated on things and... I became fixated with ending the pain, the pain that I felt, the loneliness that I felt, the unloved, unvalued person that I felt. And words of kindness just weren't things that were given. Um, 
even now, words of kindness are still not given. Like, they're just, yeah, like, they're not given. And I had to, I I get it. You cannot compliment me because you cannot compliment yourself. You cannot compliment yourself because you do not understand your own greatness or your own power. Um, and it's sad. It's really sad. It, it has to hurt and it has to suck for you not to be able to walk into your truth and to live your life for you. Um, I'm glad that I am who I am today, where I am today, so that I can honor my truth. Um, I can say, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, I was that. But look at me now. Look at me now. Because if we take it back from jump, I was already with two strikes against me. And we wasn't even talking about, you know, the niggas that gave birth to me. Um, and, you know, while I have the relationships with them that I have, I do not hate them. I'm very grateful that for God, for them, because without them, my genetic coding, my uniqueness, my DNA would not be what it is. I know that they had to live their lives and I can imagine the trauma and the experiences and the love and the lessons and the hugs that they did not get, which then allowed them to show up the way that they have shown up in their own lives and, you know, me being a an effect of the lives that they lived. Um, it's, you know, life is like, it's a, it's a moving, living, breathing organism. And that's why life should really be valued. Like, we need to really value each other more. Because everyone's unique own experience is their own. But we never know the value of that experience without being honest and and speaking our truth. We miss out on the lessons and the blessings that we're supposed to get. We miss out on the messages that we're supposed to get when we choose not to speak our truth. Those messages are a message from God and we can't hear it. We can't learn it. We can't understand it. We can't believe it. We can't trust it. If we're not speaking it and speaking it truly. And speaking it whole. And speaking it from a place of love and gratitude. Because for whatever it's worth, I have lived a life that has been a blessing to so many people. I've lived a life for so many people that 
all I really want to do now is be a woman of integrity, to be a woman of my word, to be a woman who stands on what she says. That's why, you know, I'm not throwing rocks and hiding my hands like, nah, I said that. And I can tell you why I said that. And I can tell you the thoughts that I had and the intricate ways it worked into my brain and allowed me to believe that. Um, and I also know that I'm okay with it. Like, you can fact check my shit because I know me and God are good with it. Like, I'm good. I don't need to compare and compete with with niggas to the right of me or to the left of me. Like, I'm one of one. I see no one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, not sorry. Like, head to the sky, waves drawn. Like, my feet is on the ground, but I don't see you. And I want all of us to get to a place where however we choose to allow ourselves to find our purpose, that when you do find it, you get locked in. You get locked and loaded. And then you sit with yourself and you learn to be okay with yourself, right? With the current version, with the future version that's work that's working in the background for the current version with the past version that did some things that has prob- has caused some hurt that's caused some disappointments to others as well as to yourself but I want you to absolutely understand and forgive yourself I want you to be able to look yourself in the mirror I want you to be proud of yourself for yourself. I want you to be able to be like, yeah, in the mirror, bitch, you doing a good job. Yeah, I am too, right? I want you to be able to have that energy for you. I want you to be of value to you and for you. And then if you want to share that with other people, go off, do that. But be of value to you and for you before anybody else. And current me knows that the most valuable way that I can be of to me and for me right now in this moment is to tell my truth. So it's been wonderful getting to know you guys. It's been wonderful you know, building and growing. But it's about to get real, real, real nasty, dirty, grimy, loving, fun, joyous. Like, to the people who always want to say, I don't know how you do it. You're so strong. You're so confident. I'm about to tell you how I did it. I'm going to tell you what I did. I'm going to tell you what I said. And everybody's going to have their own version, their own story. And this is mine. This is from my point of view, from my lens, my real, the lessons and the blessings that I learned. Because I didn't take any losses. A bitch has never took a loss. Because um, respectfully... Them shots they be sending, they be missing. They be missing. Like, I don't know what's worse. 
Shaq shooting from the free throw line or Ben Simmons just not taking every shot. Like, I don't really know what's worse, but shit is weird. But I'm no longer being weird to me, especially for the sake of other people's comfort. All that shit is dead. I'm definitely loving me. There's a standard an operational standard of excellence that I am creating for me. And I am in love with me, with all parts of me. Um, 13-year-old me is on a break. Sis is resting. Sis has done all she could do. She's given all that she had to give. And I, I mourn her and I let her go. She did a wonderful job. She did an absolutely exceptional, wonderful fucking job. But now it's time for me to live my best life. And for me to live my best life, current me has to drive the boat. Current me has been researching and taking inventory and studying the data and testing stuff out and using me as a guinea pig. And we got a a good plan. Like we're starting over, but we're starting over with experience. We're starting over with a purpose. We're starting over with value. And then we have added value. And then so crazy enough, like I know I have exponential value that like, My value is so valuable that it's in my grandkids' kids' kids' DNA. So I really welcome you to the fabulously grateful life of Just Mimi. We are going to give you ages 13 to 33 up until... August 17th, 2022. And I welcome you. I welcome you to stay here. I welcome you to join me. I welcome you to laugh with me, cry with me, hug with me, apologize to those who you feel you need to apologize to and then you apologize to yourself with me i've apologized to myself um at least for the shit that i've already done you know i leave room for the shit that i'm gonna do and the shit that i will do and i'm okay with that because i have learned that there's freedom within discipline and i have learned what my discipline looks like and what I need and what I need to give myself and I'm also free and I'm doing so freely and I'm doing so lovingly and I'm doing my best and I'm doing it all for me and I can't get any better than that I can't get any more grounded than that so um it's definitely gonna get a little deeper in here and it's going to get hard and I am going to move to one hour episodes a week 
And we're going to run through these ages and we're going to learn some shit and pray.